see you this morning. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord? Let's lift our hands and invite the presence of the Lord to enter into this place today. The beautiful spirit of God we feel already in this place. Father, we thank you for your anointing, your power, your gracious, kind spirit that we feel in this house already. I'm thankful for what you're going to do in this place on this Sunday. We're honored to be in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Well, this is only the second time in about 12 years that I've taught in first service, so uh, I'm a little rusty, so bear with me. I don't know how we'll, we'll get through this, but I'm sure we'll do, do all right. It's Grandparents Day today, and so all of the teachers are grandparents, so they're next door, and so it, it fell on me, and we're grateful we've got Dr. Childs in the second service today, but... We're looking forward to that. But I'm going to be your teacher today, and you're going to be my students in this first service. So I'm excited to be here. I'm thankful for what God is doing. Didn't we have an awesome time Wednesday night? The Lord met with us in a great way, and we are honored to be in the house of the Lord today. Um, I want to pray before we get started. I know that there are needs represented in this house. Let's continue to pray for Brother Ogeron. Uh, he got some good news this week, but God's still doing a work there. If you have a need you want to take to the Lord, just lift it up right now. And let's pray for this service, that the anointing of God would be here from the outset, that the anointing would be on Dr. Childs, and that the Lord would minister and fill someone with his spirit. Father, we thank you for what we feel for the beautiful presence that is here. God, I want anointing to be in this house from the very outset. Use us today, God. Let us be instruments in your hands, and we'll praise you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're going to go to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter in the sixth verse. We'll read a, a couple verses there, but I, I was, was praying and thinking this week about all of the things and the blessings that God has given this church and how he has ministered and moved in such a powerful way in so many lives. And we've seen so many lives changed. And God is ministering and moving in the hearts of people. And I don't ever want to take for granted what God is doing in our hearts and lives. I don't ever want to think it's common. I don't ever want to look at what God does in the supernatural and the power and the spirit and think, well, we're entitled to that. No, we're not entitled to that. Well, you and I are, or we are blessed men and women. And when we come into the presence of the Lord and we, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, and we come in this place and we are in one mind and one accord and we are gathered in his name, he has made us a covenant, a promise that he will be with us in the midst. And I am thankful for that and I don't ever want to take that for granted. 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, this is a very powerful scripture and description of the devil. Where does he show up? The devil shows up in our lives at a very specific place. He shows up in this process. Now, we fight the devil. We have an adversary. We are not uh, unknown. That is, that is very well known to us. We, we, from the time we uh, have any knowledge, we know that we are fighting an enemy that is trying to destroy our family, trying to destroy our soul. He is trying to mar the image of God that was created in you and I. 
But Simon Peter tells us that he shows up at a very specific place in the process. And it's the process of humbling ourselves under the hand of God. That he may exalt us in the process of casting our cares upon the Lord. Now we know the enemy fights us very strong when we have the hand of God upon our lives. When we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God then you and I are very aware that the devil is going to fight us there. Now, when, when we are out in the world, when we're doing our own thing, when we're following after our own flesh and our own spirit and our own will and our own way, then the devil fights us in a very different way, but he sort of just lets us defeat ourselves. But we understand that when we come into the life of God, the house of God, under the power and the umbrella of God's protection, and then we begin to humble ourselves so that God could put his hand upon us, the enemy is going to fight us even stronger when God's hand is upon us. And we are all aware of that, that he's going to fight us when we are trying to be used by God, when God has earmarked us for service, when God has placed his anointing in his spirit and his calling upon our lives, we can get ready. We're going to fight the devil very, very hard. He's going to come against us. But what we don't understand is just as much as he fights us to keep us from being used by God, he fights us just as hard, just as nasty when I am loaded down with the burdens and the cares of this life. He doesn't, Simon Peter says, he doesn't want me to think that I have the ability to cast my burdens and my cares upon the Lord. And he does that is to convince us that God doesn't care about what I'm going through. And verse 9 says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Though you and I know that we are not to worry, that we are not to have fear, that we are to cast our cares on the Lord. How many of us actually struggle in that process of doing it, of laying all of our cares, our troubles on the Lord? It isn't because we're not willing to do it. It's not because we don't think that it's a good thing for us to do it. It's that we don't do it because we really don't know how, and we don't actually think that we can do it. And there's an underlying thought that we excuse our worrying with is that, that God knows I can't do that. God knows that I don't, I don't have the ability to lay this on him. But why did God tell us all throughout the word of the Lord, all throughout scripture, he is trying to convince us of this timeless truth that he cares about us and that whatever's going on in my life is very important to God. I was talking to a guy one time. And I was with a, a senior pastor, an elder, and I, I made a statement. I said, you know, I'm, I'm praying to the Lord about that. And that guy, he kind of commented back. He said, well, the Lord doesn't care about that. Lord, you, you just, you don't even need to waste your time praying about that. The Lord doesn't care about that. And that elder stopped him. And he said, let me tell you something, son. He said, the Lord cares about whatever I care about. If I care about it, then he cares about it because I'm his child. And if it matters to your child, it matters to the father. And I never forgot that. And it always brought me to a place when I think, well, if I pray about that, the Lord's not interested in that. No, if I'm interested and it matters to me, then I want you to know it matters to God. I've seen children pray for little sick animals that were on the verge of death because they loved them. They were sick, And the Lord would touch those animals. And you think, well, why does God even bother with that? Because if it matters to you, it matters to your Father. Amen? If I care about it, then it matters to the Lord. 
And, and he tells us so many times not to fear, not to have anxieties or worries because he doesn't want us to do it. He knows it would be a constant temptation. He told us not to worry, not just to give us another thing to do to please him, but because he actually cares about us. Worry, fear, stress, these things are not things that I was designed to carry. They are things that if you talk to a doctor, he will tell you that one of the leading killers in the United States of America right now is stress, fear, worry, anxiety. Those things have the ability to bring us down physically. They can kill our bodies over time. So it would benefit us greatly to learn how to do what God says to do, cast our cares on him, and actually learn how to do it. 1 Peter 5, the Amplified Version says, Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all upon Him. For He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. That means not only is He affectionate about me, not only is He emotionally tied into what I'm going through, but He's watching me. He is watchfully taking care of me. The Phillips translation says, throw your whole weight of all of your anxieties upon him because you are his personal concern. The Living Bible says, let him have all of your worries and cares for he is always thinking about you and watching over everything that concerns you. Boy, that sounds like a great God, doesn't it? That sounds like a God that I want to serve and be a part of what he has for me because he is thinking about me always and watching everything that concerns you. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, He that watcheth over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. That means that while you're sleeping, he's watching. That while you're resting, he's on post. He's taking care of you. In the Bible, we are told not to worry. Many, many times we're told to fear not. How many times does God have to tell us something before we actually buy into what he's telling us that we need to do? Fear not. Thank God the Bible doesn't just tell us what to do, but it teaches us how to do it. There's a key to successful getting your cares to stay on him, and it lies in the end of the verse because he cares for you. Casting all of your cares upon him. Because he cares for you. If you don't know how much he really cares for you, then you can't rest and trust him and let go of your cares. And they'll always keep coming back. I told you a couple of services ago that the mark of a mature Christian is a Christian and their viewpoint of God. Because if you really see God the way God is, then you will be able to let some things go. Casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you, the Bible says, affectionately, and he cares about you watchfully. You are his personal concern. He's always watching and thinking and paying attention to everything that concerns you. And these kinds of thoughts are the cure for my anxiety and my worry. When I really start to worry is when I feel like I'm going through something, Jaron that I don't believe God knows I'm going through. Does God see this? Does God recognize this? But when I have an understanding that God sees where I am, then that allows the worry to leave me and to dissipate. Throughout his word, he doesn't just tell us not to fear. He gives us the reasons not to fear. He says such things like, Fear not, for I am with you. 
What a great consolation that is to know that when I fear, the, I can remember the Lord is with me. Why do you not fear? Because if it's like going into a fight, and you got to fight some people that are the same size of you. But then you got this great big giant who is strong standing next to you. Then all of your worries will go away. Now, if I've got to fight this on my own, then I'm going to struggle in my worry and my anxiety. But if I'm thinking God is going to fight for me, I am with you, says the Lord, then, then, then I won't be afraid. He says, fear not, for I will help you. Fear not, for I will never leave you nor forsake you. It is the reality and awareness of his love, his care, his present help that pushes the fear out of my life. When I see God for who he is, what he is, and not only that, how much he cares for me, then that allows me to let my anxiety go, my fear go, my worry go, because he said, fear not, I am with you. Fear not, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It is the reality of this awareness of his love and care that pushes all of that out. It's just not trying to stop me from being afraid and me to live in constant striving to let go of worrying. It must be replaced with my belief of the knowledge that he actually does care about me, that he is actually with me, and that he is going to take care of me. Now, I want to see a show of hands in here today. Raise your hand if God has ever failed you. No hands. Never. He's never failed anybody. He's never failed anyone. I've been in the struggles and the trials of my life. God has never failed me. And so I've got to learn to cast my care on the Lord. And that involves trading my thoughts with thoughts of Him and His love and His care for me. His character, His sure promises. But it's more than just on a superficial level. You must replace the thoughts at the level of your heart. And that sometimes takes some time. Taking the time to replace your thoughts and renew your mind to his love and care is not as hard as struggling and believing that makes me cast my cares and they stay on him year after year after year after year. If you live in a constant state of worry as a child of God, that will become embedded and ingrained in you and you will never figure out this concept that God really wants you to live free of all of that. You take hold of him and you focus on him in your mind and this will force the cares out of you. You can get rid of your cares by entering into his presence and coming with praise and worship and letting your mind focus on his prob promises rather than your problems. That's why David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. How are you going to make God any bigger? How are you going to take something that fills all time, all space, and make him bigger. You can't make God any bigger. But what you can do is you can magnify him. You can make God appear bigger to you. Now there are a lot of people that have a, a superficial knowledge that God is big. Heaven's his throne. Earth is his footstool. But if you are not careful, what will happen is you will not be in a state of magnifying the Lord. When Mason, he walks around the house with a magnifying glass, and he's always magnifying stuff. Now, when he holds a magnifying glass to one of his toys, his toy didn't get any bigger. It just got bigger to him. 
It looks bigger. You can't make God bigger. But how much less will you worry when you have a spirit and an, and an attitude that magnifies the Lord? You realize just how big He is and then your problems begin to look very small. Knowing and believing in His perfect love will displace the fear. It will push it out. It will replace it. The Amplified Bible says perfect, complete love will turn fear out the door and expel every trace of terror. 1 John 4.16 says, We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. There is no fear in love. But complete, perfect love turns fear out the doors. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. Did you get that? If you and I are living in a state of fear and panic and anxiety, then we have not reached a mature viewpoint of what God's love really is. Because when I see and I understand God's love, then I'm really not afraid. Because I know that He is on my side, that He is with me, and that He will never leave me or forsake me. Philippians 4 and 6 says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything by prayer with thanksgiving, continue to make your request known to God. So many times we pray and we really come to the throne of God out of fear and anxiety and worry. There's been times I've gotten a bad report or I've gotten a phone call and it's made my heart afraid and I've gone to God in fear and I'm praying based out of fear and I'm praying based out of a circumstance. I should never pray that way. It says right here how we are to pray. You let your petition, your request be made known without fear, without anxiety, but with thanksgiving because the one I'm praying to cares about me and the one that I'm talking to has my life in the forefront of his knowledge. He never sleeps. I'm never off his radar. And whatever has come into my life, rest assured, it's already passed through God's quality control. Nothing will enter into my life that God hasn't initialed and signed off on. The devil is never going to bring something into my life that catches God off guard. The devil is never going to bring a situation into my life that God didn't look at it and say, all right, he's strong enough to handle that. There will never be a temptation that will enter my life that God didn't know at the outset that if I would cast my care upon him that he would bring me through that. I've got to understand that God is on my side. He is with me. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. The God that you serve is standing beside you and He is protecting you and there is nothing that you're going to encounter outside of those doors that has the power to pluck you out of His hand and to remove you from the purpose and the call that He has for your life. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Instead of worrying, pray. And don't pray your worries. 
It's not enough to pray. I just don't need to go to God and say, Lord, you know, I've got cancer. I've got a bad report. I'm scared to death and I'm coming to you and I'm trembling and I'm shaking because I need you to help me. No, that's not how you pray for those situations. The way you pray for those situations is you come to God and say, this is what man says. This is what the situation says. But I've got confidence in a God that's able to do above what man says. So I'm not going to live in fret and worry and fear and anxiety because you are with me. And with thanksgiving that God has heard your prayer because he says he does. Does the devil ever battle you when you pray and tell you, well, God didn't hear that. God's not going to answer that. When his word says he hears us when we pray. Now, now if I had a, a 1888 number that had a direct line to the Oval Office, and every morning, Donald Trump would carve out 20 minutes of his day. And with all the pen and power and authority of the president, Brother window, I could call the Oval Office and say, Mr. President, this is what's going on in my life today. I'm struggling in this area. I've got, and, and with the power of the president, he could send me money. He could pardon the things that are going wrong in my life. He could, he could send the CIA and the people that are messing with me. He could throw them in Guantanamo. With the power of the president, he could do all of that. And every morning for 20 minutes, I had an open line to call and talk to President Donald Trump. You'd do it every morning if you had that opportunity. But Mr. Trump, they're, they're being mean to me on my job. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send Mike Pence, the vice president, to your job, Jaron, and I promise you after today that I ain't going to mess with you anymore. They're trying to make me work hours I don't want to work. Well, guess what? After one call, you're going to work the hours you want to work because the president just made a call. Do you understand that you have direct access to someone higher than the president of the United States? And that anytime you want, you can make your petition known unto him and he will fight for you on your behalf. How many of you in here have ever had God answer a prayer for you? Raise your hand. Had God answer a prayer? So you know he will. You know he can. You have not, the Bible says, because you ask not. Psalms 55 and 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it. And he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be moved. Here is what he will do when you give him your burdens. He will not allow you to slip. He will not allow you to fall. He will not allow you to fail. Psalms 112.7 He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast. Trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. I can live without the fear of bad news. Trusting in the Lord. Then my heart will be secure and I will have no fear. Psalms 37 and 5 gives these steps. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll each care of your load upon Him. Trust also in Him and He will bring it to pass. Do you know that you can give things to God? Did you know that? That you can take things 
Paul talked about he is able to keep the thing that I've committed unto him. That you can give things to God. That, that's what this whole baby dedication stuff that we do is about. It's that we are taking our hands off of our children in a sense. And ultimately putting them in the hands of God. That's what baby dedication is about. It's saying, God, you bless me with this gift. And like Hannah and like Mary and like the Jewish mothers and fathers of old, we are taking that baby and we're putting it in your hands. We're dedicating his life to your purpose. It's life to be fulfilled. Listen, I have I've gone and prayed for children that were very, very sick. And I've prayed the prayer, Lord, this child has been dedicated to you. Lord, this child was given to you. This child belongs to you to you. Now I want you to heal this child and God would instantly heal that child because he is able to keep the things that we put in his hands. And when you give it to God, you don't have to worry about the enemy getting his hands on it. He hides it in his secret place. Every time he'll bring you out. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6. Stop being perpetually uneasy about your life. Your father feeds the birds clothes the grass, he knows what all your needs are. And if you'll seek him first, he'll take care of all of your needs. How can you and I stop being anxious and stop worrying? We can know that he knows what our needs are before we ask of him. That he is aware of everything that's going on in my life at this moment. Paul said in 2 Timothy, I'm not ashamed for I know him in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to guard and to keep that which I have entrusted him until that day. Everything I give to him, he holds it. You know what? When you cast your cares on him, he is able to guard and keep what you've entrusted him. Listen to what Isaiah said in Isaiah 41. Do not fear. This is the Lord speaking. For I am with you. Do not be afraid. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Yes, all who are incensed against you shall be ashamed. Those who strive against you shall be nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all, because I am the Lord and I am with you. That lets me know that no matter what comes against me in this world, the Lord is my shield. He is my, he's my buffer zone. He is the wall that surrounds me. The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear God. Not fear the situation, they fear God. And are with them and deliver them. You and I have to stop being so anxious. He doesn't want you to cast your cares on him so that he can watch you struggle and suffer in your problems. He wants you to cast your cares on him so he can fight for you. He'll fight for you. Now, I've seen people come to the altar and they will say, God, I'm going to lay this here at this altar. I'm going to put this right here. And then when they get up, they pick the problem up and they take it back to their seat with them. They don't leave it at the altar. They come to the altar to clear their mind, to get this stuff out of their spirit, to put it in the hands of God. And when they get it off their chest, lay it at the altar, when they get up, they pick it up and take it back with them. And they worry and they fret and they're anxious and they have 
you know, all of this stress going on in their life because you put it in his hands, but you didn't leave it in his hands. You got to cast your cares on him. But if you don't believe he cares for you, then you're going to pick it back up and go right back to the same anxiety that you had. He will help you. He will strengthen you. He will uphold you. All the problems that are against you will be ashamed, he said, and they will perish. How many of you like this scripture? No weapon formed against you will prosper. Because the Lord is going to block whatever the enemy does. Deuteronomy 20 says when you go out to war against your enemies and you see their horses and you see their chariots, an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When you see something that is larger and bigger and out of your control, you don't get afraid of that. You remember that your God is bigger than whatever is coming against you. He said, before you engage in battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the troops. This is what the priest, the preacher, before they go to war, they've got their swords, they've got their shields, they've got their spears. The priest is going to walk out and this is what he's going to say. Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near to do battle against your enemies. Do not lose heart or be afraid or panic or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and he will give you victory. Whenever you get ready to walk into a battle, it can be in a boardroom, it can be in a doctor's office, it can be in a home, it doesn't matter. Remember, whatever I'm facing is not bigger than the God that's standing beside me. And whatever I'm facing, I don't have to be afraid because the Lord is with me. Don't be afraid no matter what you face. God is going to give you the victory. He said this in Deuteronomy 31. Be strong and bold and have no fear of them because it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. Do not be afraid or dismayed. He will not fail you, he said, nor forsake you. That is the cure for my fear. That the Lord is with me, that he is fighting for me, and that he will never forsake me. When you feel anxious, say those words. When you're worried, say those words. I will not be afraid because it is the Lord that is beside me. It is the Lord that is with me. It is the Lord that goes before me. He will not forsake me and he will not fail me. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give up on you, nor leave you without support. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you assuredly. So take comfort and be encouraged and confident and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or be terrified. What can man do to me? That's what the writer of Hebrews ended after saying all that. He said, when I look at what God is doing on my behalf, what can man do unto me? What can people do to harm me when I've got a God like this fighting for me? We take comfort from what he said and boldly say the same thing. I want you to say it right now. Lift your hands and say, he is with me. He cares for me. He will help me. He knows what I need. 
and he will provide it. Say these words, he will not fail me. Say these words, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. Jesus said in Luke 8.50, fear not, only believe. Replace fear with faith. Replace anxiety with trust. Romans 8 says, for I did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Because I am his child and he is my father. He will take care of me. Psalm 23 and 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why, David? Because thou art with me. John 14. Jesus said, my peace I have given unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Psalm 27 and 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 118, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord takes my part with them that help me. Therefore, shall I see my desire upon them that hate me? Matthew 11, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I was in the Philippines on my first trip, and I was preaching at the Bible College, the Kilgore Bible College, and out in the ocean, coming straight for us, right where we are, one day away is the largest hurricane that had ever been recorded. I was in a, the island this last time in Ormoc City, and I saw a ship, a large ocean-going vessel that was almost a quarter of a mile inland on a hill, probably 60 to 70 feet in the air. The water picked that ship up and planted it like the ark on Mount Ariat. That's how strong that hurricane was. It's, it's about a day away, it's, it's headed straight for us, and I am preaching at the Kilgore Bible College that morning to a bunch of Bible college students and pastors and preachers and evangelists. And we're in the room before we go out, and the Lord, and we're, listen, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you, we were all a little, you know, we live in South Louisiana, we know what hurricanes can do. And I, I remember, you know, some bad ones coming through here. And they're telling me, you know, you've never seen one like this. This is the biggest anybody's ever seen. And it's, it's coming straight for us. And so we get in there. And we start praying before we go out. And the Lord began to speak these words to me. And I jotted this down. This is what I taught to those, and there were several preachers that were supposed to speak that day, but this was the word of the Lord. I was number two in line. A guy went before me. There were several after me. But when I preached what I'm about to tell you, the altars filled up, and we didn't have any more that day, people, because this is what was going through, and the Lord spoke this to me. That we were full of fear, that we were full of anxiety, we were burdened down. And the Lord showed me this scripture. Casting all your cares upon me, for I care for you. And the Lord said, there's only one burden 
that I've ever meant for you to carry. And he said, all of this stuff and anxiety that's weighing you down, you need to understand that I never intended for you to carry any of this. There's only one burden that I ever intended for you to carry. If you have a problem or a thought or a concept or a spirit that's following you around, that's weighing you down, that's sapping the joy and the energy out of your life, you can believe one thing. You're carrying something God never intended for you to carry. The only thing he ever told me to carry was my cross. And I want you to know your cross will never be too heavy for you to carry. But when we lay down the cross and our cross becomes too heavy, Brother Wendell, it's because we've laden ourselves down with all the anxieties, fears, cares, and problems that the enemy has sent into our life. And we are not able to successfully carry the one thing God called us to carry. Do you know that the, the mantle of ministry that you carry, every time it's gotten so heavy that I wanted to throw in the towel and quit and go do something else, it was when I got down and prayed and realized that the ministry was not what was weighing me down. It was all the ancillary things that I was carrying that God never intended for me to carry. Your ministry will never be too heavy for you. Your purpose will never be too heavy for you. The thing that God has called you to do. I've had people come to me and say, I've got to give up this thing that God told me to do because I'm just so burdened down and it's too heavy. And it's amazing. The first thing we lay down is the thing that God told us to carry and we hold on to all the stuff that God told us to get rid of. Why do we do that? The only thing that I am, he said, lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us and run your race with patience. But you can't run your race to completion until you lay aside the stuff that God never intended for you to carry. You're going to look at your ministry, your purpose, your calling and say, it's too heavy, I can't do it. And the fact of the matter is, if you'll lay down all the other stuff, you'll be amazed at how light his burden can be and how strong you can be in the power of his might. God never intended for you to carry anxiety, fear, stress, worry. He intended for you to cast that upon him. Father, right now in this place, I want to lay aside every weight, every sin, every anxiety, every anxious thought, everything that would beset me from running with purpose with anointing, with power, the thing that you have called me to run with. I'm asking for you to anoint every man. Let's stand to our feet, every woman that is in this place today. Let's lay aside everything that we're carrying that God never intended for me to hold on to, that God never intended for me to carry. I've got to lay it aside, lay aside, cast my cares on him, take his yoke, his burden upon me. God, it is so light. I can carry what he's called me to carry when I lay down the fear, the anxiety, the depression, the stress. I can be what you've called me to be. Anybody excited that God has given us